Hi, and welcome to the Art and Science Punks podcast, where two lifelong learners talk about art, science, engineering, technology, and how we play with those things in our daily lives. I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. (laughs) I am Rob Stenzinger. Tonight we're going to talk about the winter solstice and some of the traditions we follow and some things we might want to start to do. Hmm. That's tonight's topic. Okay. The winter solstice. The winter solstice Mm -hmm. and traditions surrounding it. Okay. But before we begin. Yeah. As has been the tradition here on the Art and Science Punks, I have a surprise question, unless you have a surprise question. Hmm. I was making one up <laughs> you, you want me to be on the spot no i got it i got one okay okay i can do it oh i know you can okay cool. but i can we'll this just, one we'll just keep it on keep that as a as an option for the future fantastic what holiday tradition did you love or hate as a child hmm what did I love or hate as a, as a child when it comes to holiday traditions? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think an easy one was just uh, enjoying setting up a tree. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, um, okay. I've, I've grown up and continue to remain in a Northern climate that, um, where we have, we have a season of winter where everything turns brown and, <laughs> you know, and then maybe everything turns kind of white in a brown mix kind of when, when snow falls and covers the, the bushes and the, and the grass and uh, the, the trees where yeah. um, many trees have, you know, their, their leaves have fallen and, and there's a certain transition time of, of the year where things look pretty bleak in mm-hmm. a way. The, the landscape is... Um, I mean, depending on what, what lighting and what context you see it, you might be like, wow, this is, this is pretty bleak. <laughs> it still can look beautiful and, and, and interesting and, and uh, compelling in a variety of ways, but uh, it's, it's not as alive as the, the springtime, right? Sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, green. that's the whole point of the season, right? Things mm-hmm. go dormant. Things go into more of a restorative place. And fair enough, right? But it, it's just not as stimulating as like a brightly lit green, you know, triangular shaped thing in in, in your house. And I, and I actually, I grew up where we uh, we didn't we did not cut down a tree. We just reused a uh, um, artificial an artificial tree that was in a way kind of a contraption, but it, sure. did, it did the job. Yeah. Yeah. And, we uh, did too. Yeah, we did an, an artificial tree. I mean, I think there was a couple of years I can remember going to the tree lot and getting a real tree. We never mm-hmm. did the thing where you go and cut one down and mm-hmm. haul it from the forest. No, we, we but we would go to the tree lot and get one mm-hmm. a couple of years. But I think the majority of the time it was the artificial tree that, yeah, was a contraption to set up and you had to string the lights and all that. I mean, yeah, because the center of the tree was more or less like a... Uh, Oh, essentially something between like a, like a thick broom handle and like a closet pole, right? Yeah. That you yeah. Would it was hang a post. On, that, that was came, that broke into a couple of sections that then had holes drilled into it that then you would more or less hook, um, clothes hanger like things. Yeah. You'd stick the wires in. That had all in. the green, yeah. you know, stuff woven into them. Yeah. 
and it, in uh, different color tips to know which part of the tree you know yeah. the bottom the middle the top yeah yep which which size pieces should you be using and, and it worked it worked really well for a lot of years um but you know so it was bright and colorful yeah. and it was a yeah, fun ritual to put that together hmm. that's not the answer i thought you were going to give oh really really well hit me I thought you were going to say that the tradition you liked was some of the, um, you know, the old-fashioned cartoons that would come on. So the Frosty, <laughs> the Snowman, and uh, the Rudolph yeah. the Red-Nosed Reindeer mm. and the Baby New Year mm. um, claymation kind of mm-hmm. um, cartoons and... Yeah, and some of them were some of some of them were animated as well, like the Rankin Bass specials. Um, yeah, Frosty, yep. the, Frosty the Snowman, essentially one and two, which one is far the episode the the first one is way <laughs> better than the sequel. It is indeed. And then yeah, Rudolph, which was uh, stop animated and stop motion animated, uh, really good. And I did enjoy those a lot. I mean that that was a, a good treat. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Brown Christmas special and all that. Um, Oh, I forgot about Charlie Brown. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a, it's a ritual where, you know, like that time of year, those things became available. Yeah. And you could, that was, that was fun to enjoy. And yeah. Very cool. Was there anything else you were curious about no i was just thinking through what what traditions did i like and Mm -hmm. and dislike okay i because i'm curious about you but i'm also wondering if there's no that was other things i that you would like me to explore there but um yeah okay so for you okay doing the 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 well because was the tree like one of the big highlights or was it sort of a middle of the road one compared to other other things um, no, the tree was a big, a big highlight for me. I remember loving, you know, seeing the tree and I would sit for, for hours kind of staring at the tree and, mm. and, you know, playing under the tree and shaking packages and sorting and moving and arranging. It wasn't even really about, you know, trying to gas or open them. It was just mm. about, you know, arranging it and making it look pretty. And I came from a bigger family, right? I had uh, four brothers, so there was mm. always, you know, um, Mm-hmm. A few um, gifts per, you know, under the tree. I mean, nothing oh, yeah. extravagant, that would add up, though. but yeah, nothing extravagant. You know, we each, you know, we'd each have like two, you know, two things under the tree, and so it was always very pretty to kind of see. And hmm. um, but the tradition that I remember liking the least, mm, the least, the least. I was having a hard time coming up with a, a, a the least, but yeah, really well, curious about yours. Um, I'm the youngest child. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, four older brothers. And so in our family, the tradition was to open gifts on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. um, after dinner. And we would have a very fancy dinner, right? The big kind of feast with the family. Mm-hmm. And then after dinner, we could open gifts. And so we'd be nearing the end of dinner. And I would be getting more and more and more excited about opening gifts. Mm -hmm. And my brothers would start to eat slower and slower (laughs) and slower. And then they'd finish and they'd sit there for a minute and then they'd ask for more of something. And they weren't hungry. They were simply torturing their little sister. Mm. And I can remember just being so like beside myself that, you know, they were being so mean. 
That was my least favorite that's, part of the holiday. That, that sounds pretty tough. That sounds pretty tough. Um, okay. So, and and at some point, there's like a transition here from growing up with, uh, I more or less grew up with Xmas, and it sounds like you grew up with Christmas. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, and in our family, we celebrate the winter solstice. Yeah. And we've celebrated the solstice for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I want to talk a little bit about some of the traditions that we've followed for year for a few years and um, some of the maybe newer things that we have since we've added, you know, kids to our family mm-hmm. um, and just kind of go from there. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's uh, and it's it, it's something that that uh, I know some folks will talk about and whatnot, but it doesn't seem like information is as abundant. Compared to other well, things. and I think part of it too, because I've done this year in particular, I think I've done a little more research on, on different solstice traditions and it's, I think a little challenging because there are so many different, um, words, mm. right? There's the winter solstice, which is what I think we've always talked about and we have always celebrated. We have friends who celebrate Yule, mm-hmm. um, which is similar. There's some other, uh, Nordic, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce, um, terms for the same time of year with, you know, similar traditions and, and just slight variations mm-hmm. on traditions as well. And then there's some of the, um, traditions that you can kind of take a look at that have really kind of become, um, all mixed together, hmm. right? So some of the Christmas and some of the Xmas, um, traditions are actually things that started in solstice or Yule, oh, well, yes, right? You know what I mean? Certainly. And everybody borrows from everybody in these, um, you know, with these holidays sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that might be part of it. Yeah. I mean, because there, there came a point where I know I was just looking for other things to borrow from, to, um, to explore different, uh, different meanings and still fe- feeling like there, there's a lot of, uh, ritual that would be fun to participate in, but then not feeling like, well, uh, yeah, essentially being an atheist that I'm not super into the Christian aspect of, you know, that, that interpretation of the holiday. (laughs) And, uh, yet I am a humanist and I really believe in the celebrating of, um, like our history as people and how we've evolved as a species and how we're, we've experienced going around, um, this, you know, you go around the sun and the planet has a tilt on its axis and you're, you know, you have seasons and they're exaggerated depending on how far north or south you go. And yeah. that there is something amazing to just be a part of that and growing up with the, all the seasons and then having certain celebrations at different different seasons. It feels like a, um, it felt compelling to mm-hmm. like have a thing yeah. there. I read um, kind of along those lines, I read an account that the solstice was, um, in ancient times, this is kind of what it said is in ancient mm-hmm. times, people noticed the days getting darker and darker and became fearful mm-hmm. that the sun wasn't going to return. That at some point it was just going to be just, darkness. I'm going home. Right. See you later. And then, um, <laughs> they started to realize that at a certain point it, it shifted and the sun started, you know, coming back, right. The days were longer. And so the solstice celebration became a celebration of the sun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that that celebration to honor the sun and, and the life that it brings and kind of the end of that 
um, the darkness. Hmm. Um, I made that sound really bleak. I didn't mean it quite that. No, it's, <laughs> the it's, darkness. it sounds epic. It sounds, yeah. it sounds like worthy of storytelling. Um, but I tried to dig into where that mythology or that story about people being fearful in ancient mm-hmm. times and this and that came from, and I couldn't find it. I couldn't find anything. And I know I've heard that more than once, but when I actually tried to kind of historically search, mm-hmm. and I didn't spend like a week doing research on this. I think so one of our kids' books highlights that, but I don't know, I don't know if it really had a footnote in there. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've heard it a couple of times, but... Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the winter solstice being the shortest day, longest night, however you want to look at it, of the year, mm-hmm. the most darkness. As you've said, Rob, we are in, you know, um, upper Midwest... It gets dark, very dark, very early. Um, and, so, and it gets light pretty late yeah. as well. Uh, so if you're going about your, your daily ritual, whether you know, you're, going to, you're going to school or if you're bringing kids to school and you're going to a, a workplace or whatever, I mean, yeah. you're doing that in darkness and then you're coming back in darkness. Absolutely. It's so weird when I you know, am coming home from work at the end of the day and it's pitch black out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. So I have a question for you. Mm. Um, this is a pop quiz. Sorry, you didn't know there was going to be a quiz. Let's, yeah, let's do this. Okay. Um, how many hours of daylight would you say there is, um, in this kind of December period of time, this winter solstice period of time? Hmm. Well, I would guess, uh, like uh, like just doing some rough estimation, saying like 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. would be 12 hours. I think it's less than that. So I'm going to go with uh, nine and a half to 10 hours. Just guessing. Nine and a half to 10 hours. Yeah, somewhere in there. Sure. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, on December 21st, which is the winter solstice, mm-hmm. sunrise in our um, location is... 7.48 a.m. Mm-hmm. And sunset is 4.35. Whoa. The sun sets at 4.30 in the afternoon. So it's um, eight hours and 46 minutes. I'm reading this, obviously. Eight hours and 46 minutes from um, of daylight. Okay. You're okay. at work for eight, eight hours. Yeah, I'm at work for eight hours. Which coincides with, uh, yeah, daylight. Be, being at a desk. Yeah, right. <laughs> sitting there it's just dark huh. okay so flip side because i'm having fun with my quiz yeah uh summer solstice same question how many hours of daylight do you think there is in the summer solstice okay i'm guessing that'll that would be the inverse so it would be um f- let's say what 14 15 hours daylight very good 14 or 15 hours and 36 minutes okay so sunrise, 5.30 in the morning, approximately. It's mm-hmm. 5.27 a.m. Sunset, 9.03 p.m. So from 4.30 p.m. to mm-hmm. 9 p.m. is the difference there. That's, And so it, you, when you live in that sort of um, seasonal cycle, it's, it's very noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because yeah, you remember times of the year, yeah. especially if you have um, if you have a consistent bedtime, and mm-hmm. especially like putting kids to bed. I mean, you really do notice waking up in the morning on the weekends. We need those room darkening shades on the weekends mm-hmm. in the summertime, like crazy, and in the wintertime, not so much. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Sun didn't come up till yeah. almost eight o'clock. 
So I'm giving you sunrise and sunsets, and there's a reason why I'm telling you this. Yeah, I think you. Yeah, I can. I guess your reason. Yeah, <laughs> I have a pretty good, pretty good hunch. Do you live with me? Uh, I do. Um, I think so. This was a kind of a neat thing, um, a very inclusive sort of practice, which yeah. is wonderful to see. Um, because I'm a giant fan of that being uh, one of one of the hats I wear is that of a u- user experience designer, and it is it is crucial that we as people and the things that we make and how we serve and, and provide things to one another are finding better ways to understand each other and meet and meet different needs because the different perspectives it makes us it makes us better and stronger as as a species. So I'm. A giant proponent of that. I agree. That's that's fantastic. Um, and so when I see others doing that, I, I get pretty excited. So yeah. we were asked to provide. Um, so I think all the families in our um, in our eldest class were asked to provide sort of well, what is your holiday ritual? And and when you shared that it was solstice, they were like, well, that's interesting. What could, <laughs> what could we do to um, have some kind of inclusive lesson thing related to that. Yeah. And I think, you know, in school, the kids are taught, you know, many different holidays. And one thing that um, they're not always taught about the solstice, which I think is interesting because there's so much science to be played it's the with most there. science based right? one, I would say. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, yes, mm. there's astronomy, there's, you know, yeah. there's planets, there's seasons. So I was asked what kind of activities that we do as a family that maybe could translate to the classroom. And to be honest, I, um, you know, we have some fantastic traditions and family things that we do, but I didn't know what of those would translate well to a classroom. So Mm. I took it a little bit different and I, um, put together this kind of fun little lesson on the sunrise and sunset as we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I found um, a fantastic website that has great detail on sunrise and sunset um, every single day. So you could actually chart this by every single day. And when I first looked at it, I thought, yeah, okay, so have the kids chart sunrise and sunset throughout the month of December Mm -hmm. to see it going from getting shorter and shorter and shorter to getting longer and longer and longer. Mm -hmm. But it's getting longer by like three seconds. And I didn't think first graders were really going to pick up on these incremental. (laughs) You might might want a little more contrast. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the first thing I put together was just the month of December and I looked at that and I said, well, that's not going to work. So then I went and I did, um, the months of the year. So I again took our location and did the sunrise and the sunset on the 21st day of each month so january 21st february 21st etc and that picked up summer solstice and winter solstice in there so i got the longest and the shortest days Hmm. and then you know i put all that data together in a table and then kind of created a grid where the kids could color in um a bar of the length you know so Mm -hmm. they would have to mark the sunrise and mark the sunset and then color in between there and i think i started at 5 a.m exercise on top of this uh the topic of the sunrise sunset and then tying it into the uh the solstice winter solstice absolutely and then um along with that kind of what you were talking about the different things that we notice is i included a bunch of kind of observational questions Mm. so um 
you know, even things as simple as, is it, is it light or dark when you come to school in the morning? Is it light or dark when we go out for recess? Mm -hmm. Is it light or dark when you're eating dinner at home? Mm. And then how about in the summertime when you're home for, um, in the summer, you know, in the same set of questions, you know, and, and kind of talking those things through and, you know, what month do you think would have the most light? And, you know, even the, the questions I'd asked you to begin with is, you know, how many hours do you think? Mm -hmm. And again, first graders aren't going to have, um, I think as complete a sense of time, you know? Well, there, and, but yet I do, I do think you picked really good, uh, well, high contrast. You're not yeah. asking the difference between November and December. If right. you say like, oh, summer, yeah. summer break, there's a good chance that, that some of the kids will have memories and mm -hmm. that'll, um, yeah, spur some conversation and, and reactions to one another's answers. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I like this lesson plan. Um, I do too. I actually want to use it with the kids just mm -hmm. to kind of see how they react to it. Mm -hmm. Um, just the kids in our family and mm. see how they react to it and what they do with it and um, what observations they make. Cause I think that's fun too. And that could really inform what else we could do with this. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think inherently when you end up uh, designing and building things, uh, your family becomes your, your, uh, your sort of beta uh, testers. Captive beta testers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot. Doesn't it? Oh yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Well, so thinking of testing and, and exploring things, what, uh, what about uh, aspirations and iteration on Solstice and like our, well, our celebration? Is there anything that, that would make sense to explore with that? Yeah, I think um, one of, well, let me back up a step and say mm -hmm. some of the things that we've done. So again, winter solstice being celebrating the light, mm -hmm. um, it's kind of ending that, um, I'm going to say hibernation, <laughs> right? Mm. Where you're kind of inward and darkness and light is coming back. So we do, I think, um, some nice goal planning around that. And mm. I think that's um, mm. something we've talked about, we're going to talk about in another podcast. So I won't kind of go into that. And I think it's just a good period of time, this time between solstice and new year to do that activity. So that's when we do. Um, but... What I think is kind of funny is when I did all this research on what are some traditions around solstice, a lot of it was celebrating the light and celebrating the sun. So symbolism of the sun. And for some reason, what came up quite often was oranges as symbolism for the sun. So there's all these like crafts, you know, where you shove the cloves and the oranges and make these things that smell good or, oh, wow. um, you know, just a lot of different things with that. Um, and I thought, well, yeah, you and I have done this for years. We have mimosas mm -hmm. on solstice <laughs> all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's right. We're celebrating the sun. Yes. So that was my tradition that I think we've done for years that shall continue because it's a really good celebration of the sun. It is. <laughs> it, it is. I, uh, and, I, and I do think it's important to, to have some, some rituals to... Um, I mean, that's the, the storytelling aspect of the human experience is uh, just something I think yeah. is pretty universal. And having that, you know, having some kind of symbols that, that, that reinforced these, these stories and that we, how we enjoy them. And if they happen to be, uh, you know, alcohol based and, uh, <laughs> you know, orangey delicious, that's fine. Yeah. And they look like the sunrise mm -hmm. coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I think some of the other things that we have done, um, more so since we've um, added children to our family, um, we do talk about having a party to celebrate the sun and mm-hmm. to, to welcome Mr. Sun back or to wake up Mr. Sun. And oh, we talk sure. about how the moon is tired and that Mr. Sun needs to come back. And so oftentimes we'll do just kind of silly party things, right? We'll have a dance party. We'll turn up some music and we'll, and we'll do a little dance. Um, One thing I want to point out that, that I think is wonderful, but I think it's coming up to, um, it creates a puzzle for us to to resolve and or or maybe it's an opportunity <laughs> um is that as we've celebrated we we have done mashups and stories right yeah we'll, we'll just sort of sit around and tell stories and then sometimes our kids remember these stories yes and so we've created some weird confusion between like um waking up mr sun waking up mr sun how does Santa fit into all this? Yeah. And then like soot sprites and all sorts of moon other sprites. little... Moon sprites. There you go. I Char- made up a story characters. one time yeah. about moon sprites. <laughs> the other day we're in the car and our eldest tells, tells our youngest <laughs> that the moon sprites get toys from Santa. <laughs> uh-huh. Or whatever. Oh my God. It she was actually like, added or whatever. Yeah, it was a Doesn't whole... Doesn't matter. There's somewhere there is like a toy sausage factory. We don't know the details. It involves these characters. I don't know. Yeah. But then, There's toys. Yeah. We get them. Oh my God. It was really funny. Fed so yes, Santa. we have, yeah. we have confused our, our children with some of the traditional and, and some of the storytelling. And that mm-hmm. was one that just kind of came out of nowhere. I just made up a story one day. Yeah. And it's kind of stuck. Well, and well, and clearly she remembered it. That's. I think cause she got toys. <laughs> I suppose that yeah. that's a that's a good bit of uh, ritual reinforcement and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so one of the things you had asked was aspirations, mm-hmm. and I have one that I want to talk about. But I wanted to first ask you: What do you have some traditional traditions or aspirations about something you'd like to add to our repertoire, um, or, or try? You know, because I think that's one of the big things that we do is we're willing to try new things and say this one worked and that one didn't uh i don't have a particular um you know recipe or thing or or concise goal other than i um i suppose this is a trait or a a sense to build toward that i would like to be inclusive and considering how people of many different beliefs and whatnot celebrate at this time of year and yet also clear Right. So how do you be, how do you being inclusive and clear and then mixing it in with the fun and storytelling? That's a puzzle to, yeah. to solve. And so I, I hope to, I have an aspiration to, to, um, work toward that. Right. Well, and I think there's so many public, I don't know if that's the right word, but public stories out there, right? The Santa Claus tradition, right? That's out there. Everybody knows that, yeah. that story and there are others um, which is wasn't it Coca Cola from the forties roughly that did a great campaign that resonated with people during this time of year and created sort of a I, I mean more or less helped have like a uh, a nice common ground for a um, secular holiday thing yeah. yeah 
and 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 lots of brands keep doing it. And oh, why not, right? I mean, right. I guess in a way we're like a tiny company. It happens to be a family, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And so we're just uh, playing with our holiday brand. With our holiday brand. So we'll have to figure that out. Um, the other thing I was going to say that mine was, I think more of a tangible activity again. And I, okay. I had done the research this year on, on some different things, kind of trying to understand a little bit more about, um, how other people in other cultures celebrate solstice. Um, but one of the big ones was, um, going on a night hike. Hmm. And I just thought that'd be really fun. Now that's going to be very weather dependent. Um, but going on a night hike to, um, just kind of appreciate being out in nature, in the darkness, and what do you see, what do you hear, what do you smell, what's happening around you, and just kind of taking some time to take that in. And I just think that would be a kind of a cool tradition. That is pretty cool. Um, I've had, and, and I, I'm sure as, as you have had as well, Kate, the whole living in a cold climate, walk, you know, doing commute walks or, yeah. you know, health or fun walks or whatever at night. And it's really different in the winter. Yeah. Um, like you may hear the crunch of your feet in snow, but there's a, there's an, a whole acoustic change in the world around you that. Very true. It is, I, I find it pretty calming, mm-hmm. but it's almost like the, the world has a bit of a muffle effect on it. Just a little bit. Yeah, there's something, because you're right, it, it's acoustically very different. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm guessing snow must absorb sound, because you'll hear it echo. It, it Echoes happen, but they're not as, as sort of Yeah, but the snow's there in the day. Responding. Good point. I think, well, there's less, typically less activity at night. Yeah, I guess that's true. Anyway, that's one that cars I... Cars in the distance and whatnot. Yeah. Cool. Night hike. We'll, we'll have to Night figure hike. that out. One of the things that we didn't mention, I mean, one of the big pieces for us on Solstice is gratitude, right? So we spend time talking about things that we're thankful for. And mm-hmm. and through, I think, this entire holiday season, we make sure that we're, you know, figuring out um, ways to give back in our community as well. Mm-hmm. That, that is a good point. So, uh, you know, giving and creating gifts, and that is a, that's a, a strong um, message and experience we we incorporate and also the, I mean, honestly, it, it feeds into the whole goal planning thing because, yeah, you know, getting, getting a bit reflective and observational and then feeding that into um, intentions that are emerging that can become goals and whatnot. Yeah. But of course, that is something we'll probably cover next episode. Yeah, I think we need to um, hit that next episode so okay. that we stop mentioning it. <laughs> well, you know, build, we're building anticipation. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I have been Kate Stenzinger. And I've been Rob Stenzinger. And we are the Art and Science Punks. <laughs>